Hello and welcome to Tech Nuggets and Thoughts. I'm Nikhil Vanpal, your host. And today's topic of discussion is containers. Now, containers are not really a new term or a technology. They've been around for quite some time and you might have heard, heard about it already. There's another term which you most likely uh, would have heard. It's called VMs or virtual machines. You might already have used VMs to play around with, to run some programs that are incompatible with your OS things like that or if you worked on cloud you're sure you've used vms because everything on cloud happens on a vm containers are just like that except that there's no hardware virtualization in in case of containers what does that mean in case of a vm the operating system running inside the vm believes that it is running on a physical machine but the container knows that it is not a physical machine it's rather a compartment it's it's rather uh, isolated environment inside which it is running and that is why it is called a container so how is this achieved uh, there are some technical jargons we don't really need to know for to be able to use containers but anyway if you would like to know remember these names one is namespaces which is which basically allows to create an isolated environment for containers to run in then this uh, there's something called as C groups or control groups, which basically allows uh, to limit the resources or even even control how much of a particular resource is available to a container. And uh, then there's a, there's something called as union file systems. Based on this, I think it is pretty clear that container is something internal to the Linux kernel. Now, how do you use it? You don't have to do the mumbo jumbo with the kernel. There are many solutions already out there that let you use it. You might already have heard some of their names. Uh, let's say uh, one is Rocket from CoreOS. One is Docker, of course. Uh, it is the most popular implementation of containers. Actually, it is believed that even before Docker became popular, there was uh, there were containers were in active use. One such example is believed to be Borg, which was Google's implementation, which they used for a large-scale deployment of Google's platform, uh, which later is believed to be, have become Kubernetes. That's for later, though. So let's talk about Docker. What Docker does is it makes use of these things, these features from Linux kernel, and make them available to us in a very, very easy form. But Docker itself is composed of three main parts. There's one called Docker Daemon, or the background process, to which you send commands using a program called Docker CLI and download images from something called as Docker Registry. Now, Docker Registry is pretty much like your App Store or Google Play Store. Uh, it's, it's a hub. It's like GitHub for Docker images. I mentioned an image. So what is an image? There were images in case of VMs. Now there are images in case of uh, containers as well. The image is actually your executable. It is it is the pre-configured bundled application that you are going to run. And image is essentially immutable. It's like a class in an object-oriented language. And when this you create an instance of a class, uh, like an object, we call it a container. So containers are runtime instances of these images. And uh, of course, they are not that they are mutable, but uh, they're not persistent unless you mount a persistent storage into them. So anything that you modify on, uh, in a container is lost when the container dies. 
Wait a second. I think I mentioned that images are bundled applications. So, but I did not mention bundled with what. So, essentially, images are your applications bundled along with their dependencies and setup requirements. Any external files that you need, uh, unless they they are environment specific, would be bundled, packaged into a single file along with the operating system binaries or operating system libraries of your choice. All of that. Yes, except the kernel and the virtualizer. Now, what does that mean? Is something we'll see when we talk about uh, our next point, which is why use Docker. So, to understand the the use case, we need to look at how uh, Docker or VMs work. So, so if you are working on cloud, uh, so anything in cloud is a, is in a VM, right? So, what you're essentially doing is you're asking Google or Amazon or Azure, basically to provision a virtual machine on their racks, in their hardware, in, on their computer, uh, and provide uh, it to you for usage, right? So that's a VM. Now what you can relate this with is how you rent an apartment in an apartment complex. So assume a building or a complex with multiple apartments, you go there, you get a rent, or basically buy an apartment in, a, in an apartment complex, you're, you're staying there. That's like having a VM in cloud. Now, now in your house, if you were to ensure the maximum usage of the apartment, what can you do? You'll rent it out through, let's say, Airbnb, right? Exactly. So what happens is when you're not using your house or a portion of your house, you basically earn money on it uh, by renting that portion to someone else, right? This is exactly how a Docker or a container works. So instead of having a single dedicated VM to your application, you can have the VM shared between multiple applications running inside containers. And that is what we do. So how it works is basically as they are compartmentalized, the applications have absolutely no knowledge of the other applications running inside the same VM, although they are using the same RAM, same CPU cycles, also the same hard disk. So let's say your application is uh, running at an idling requirement of RAM, let's say 2 GB. And uh, at peak, it can scale up to, it may, may end up using up to 4 GBs of RAM. In such a scenario, you can keep running two instances of the same application inside the same VM, inside containers, at an idle state. Right? Only when you need to scale, you'll need to have higher RAM, more RAM. And till then, you don't have to pay for the additional machine. It's that simple. Okay, so that's about the usage of the resources. But uh, why use Docker? Uh, we've already seen the Airbnb reason. I believe that the more important reason is the consistent setup that Docker gives us. So basically it abstracts out the underlying setup or the libraries required for your application to run. Not just that, it also abstract out, uh, abstracts out how your application is started basically you code how your application is started and the setup in your image basically the docker file and once the image is created there's only one way to start the image using docker commands and docker knows how to start the image so there's a consistent way of starting any application irrespective of what the application has what language it needs what framework it needs what what all dependencies it has there's always a single and consistent way to start the application, stop the application, anything you want to do with the application, basically. <clears throat> Apart from that, the next important reason I would say is 
the way docker basically makes the environment a uh, part of the application itself you can then ensure that the entire flow of your application from various stages from your from your developer's machine to production uses the exact same versions and set of dependencies in the exact same manner now it matters because i've personally seen that some of the queries that i would write in let's say 5.7.12 of mysql don't work in 5.7.14 now it's a point point version change shouldn't shouldn't really be that big but yeah that happens and you don't want that to happen in your pre-prod or in your prod environment so it's better that it happens on your developer's machine or it never happens at all basically so your developers write their code their their uh, anything that they build is basically built against the exact same same dependencies and requirements and environment that is there in production so you re- basically get rid of any and all such issues now the third important uh, reason to use docker would be how easy it makes to ci or cd your application basically it is easy to integrate with any continuous integration environment or setup that you have it becomes an artifact so earlier you used to build wars or basically jars now you build docker images and push to docker registry simple as that and uh, now that this artifact is built you can pull it anywhere you can spawn the entire stack of your application inside your inside your automation setup without requiring a lot of other virtual machines and test against it so it becomes very easy to uh, have continuous integration setup it becomes very easy to get continuous deployments working of course you need uh, tests for that uh, yeah uh, never ever do cd without tests uh, that's a different topic though we'll come back to that later that was from developer perspective thinking from security perspective docker okay this is interesting so docker has a layered setup or the image is basically uh, built with uh, extending from immutable images so your application is a layer on the on on the immutable image uh, from which it extends so it's actually it, it lies on a different layer meaning that underlying layer can be modified what it means is again your application is again decoupled from your os or the relation with your with the containers os and your application is coded in your uh, docker file right so one of the most important things about things about security is patching your dependencies right so if you don't patch them you're sure to have vulnerabilities and you're sure to face some of the other issue whenever it happens and it, it's that one time that you never i mean you didn't patch and it happens so it's better to patch but it's it's cumbersome so how do you solve it since your application and the underlying os uh, lies in different layers it's easy to pull the latest version of the os and build your application on top of it again you have the setup so need, need not worry about it so that you can remain updated as well so that's again from security perspective then again the containers are being completely decoupled from the host os that they are running in uh, a container can't really impact or cause damage to to the host os unless of course it is running as a privileged container now that's something uh, a pseudo thing so let's not get into that so you you would never run a, a production container with a privileged mode uh, so that's not something of a concern as a as a 
casual user of Docker. Hold on, did I just say never? Oh, never say never. So yeah, it it is difficult, I would say, to to impact your host OS. Okay, so we've seen all the beauty that it brings to deployment and development environments. Now, what about production? So VMs are known to start very slow, right? Because the entire OS has to has to load. The hardware virtualizer has to load first, and like the OS. Then your application, if your application is Java, then again, then a, there's again another VM in, in between. That's not how Docker has, basically. Since we skipped the virtualizer layer, uh, it's pretty easy. Basically, it is it is like linking directly to the kernel, right? So, so it starts instantaneously. Uh, again, uh, I mean, it's way, way faster than virtual machines. So it's fast to start, and your application is still going to take the time that it, it is going to take uh, normally, basically. So you can't, if your Spring application, uh, let's say, let's talk about Spring Boot. If your Spring Boot application takes like 10 seconds to start up and get ready, your container is taking, going to take, let's say, close to 10 and a half or 11 seconds to start up and get ready. And as opposed to a VM, which will take close to what, 30 seconds plus 10 seconds. So yeah, in production as well, it starts pretty fast and it's easy to discard. Uh, so so pushing your um, images or a newer version to to the uh, to to production is pretty easy because you can just discard old containers, spawn up new with the new version of image that you just pushed. Now here's the thing. Uh, in case of VMs, we didn't really worry about being stateless, right? Uh, you're supposed to, if you think of it. Actually, your VMs once stopped or, or lost, there's no way to recover the data, right? We're talking about the VMs in cloud. So you should anyways have a mechanism of pulling content or generated files out of the VM, right? Now, we don't really value it as much. I've seen people not care about it at all, but you should have a way of pulling logs out of your VM anyway, right? So it's no different with Docker. Once a container is basically stopped uh, or basically removed, I should say. Once a container is removed, there's no way to get what was inside the container. Uh, if a container is just stopped, you can restart it, but uh, that's not what we talk about in production, right? So it's it's better to have, no, it's not better. It's necessary to have all your transactional data or any files that, you, that are generated during the application's runtime I mean, to pick them and move them away from the container. So you need to have your logs pulled out. You need to have anything else you generate. Let's say, let's say if you are like, you have file upload, you need to have an external, uh, what do you say, file system mounted inside the container to place the files in it, or maybe a database uh, to contain the files. For logs, you should use something like uh, FileBeat and put them, pull them out, or just route it to containers, output and move them. Uh, that that's not very great actually. It becomes difficult to dif distinguish between different types of logs. So in, I I tend to have my logs separated into separate files, right? Error, fatal, and uh, information or debug logs. So uh, piping it into containers output is not the best thing. What we can do is we can we can pull those files out continuously, stream them out of the container into a persistent storage outside. So that's something we need to be worried about. I mean, take care of in production. 
um yeah now the thing about containers is it's not the same as uh, a vm right it needs a life cycle management it needs it needs a it needs a, an orchestration framework so what it means by an orchestration framework is that some way of handling life cycle of the container so when when you push a new image to the image registry there should be a way to identify and remove your old containers one by one so that your application doesn't go down and start new new instances of your images and uh, when your application is under load automatically uh, the uh, the orchestration framework or container management software should be able to scale your number of instances the containers uh, to use more 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 and more resources when there's no load it should be able to scale down now there, there are many many such uh, orchestration frameworks like docker has its own called docker swarm uh there there's kubernetes which i love basically uh then there's uh then various vendors have built their own basically so google container engine is one which which is like kubernetes a managed kubernetes in cloud in google cloud then there's amazon's uh, container uh service then IBM has its own then there's uh, one from Red Hat uh then there are ways of managing like where your containers run let's say uh something like OpenStack which will give, allows to have hybrid cloud environments with uh, containers in it hi it gets very complex with that and things like this but the container uh, the orchestration framework is basically responsible for identifying or setting up the life cycle of the container so basically when when a more containers are required it will scale up it will scale down when when no longer when the containers are no longer required uh it will it will uh, refresh the containers it will establish uh what do you say resources it will it will limit or control the resources that are available to a container now we didn't discuss this but yeah Uh, it is possible to control how much ram a particular uh, container uses or how much how much uh, hard disk uh, can you allot uh, i'm not very sure about the hard disk though but yeah, i have seen ram which can be controlled uh, at run time so all such things are basically defined in a, a configuration file and fed to orchestration frameworks like like uh kubernetes and then it takes care of the entire application's life cycle right so when you start the application it will it will spawn up all the containers that are needed to be started and then it will establish uh interactions between them by setting up networks or setting up links or dns discoveries whatever the container orchestration framework uses uh based on that now now you have a virtual setup inside the vm so yeah <laughs> you in vm was a virtual setup but yes inside the vm you have uh, mini virtual vms virtual virtual vms which are now talking to each other via the orchestration framework where they are keeping themselves up and running uh and and yeah doing uh, hosting your or running your application but nothing is ever all good right there are always drawbacks to every single thing that we ever see in life so what are the drawbacks of docker Well, one of the first things that I have always noticed is how mm, cumbersome it is to explain what Docker is, or 
how difficult it was to understand what docker is supposed to do what problem is it supposed to solve and what exactly is this thing uh it's it, it has a bit of a learning curve uh to get used to docker it takes time it takes some understanding and effort uh that's probably because it is new the new co- new kids as they come into the industry probably they'll already know what docker or containers are or maybe whatever the container of the that time is i know but it feels like uh, docker is difficult to explain and get used to uh then uh, then the other thing uh, we already saw is how the containers being uh temporary uh, we need to be extra careful about the data that we put inside container or generate especially inside the container another thing is uh docker being an additional artifact or docker being a layer uh, between your machines and your application it is uh, if you think of it is actually a complexity uh, which you have to deal with uh, but it's a good good thing to have and i believe that the applications uh, of docker or the benefits of docker supersede the drawbacks that we face so far okay i think that's all about docker for now okay the other point that i had on my list was introduction of course this being the first session i should introduce myself and what i'm doing here right well i already told you my name is nikhil vanpal and uh, by now it is pretty obvious that i love uh, technology right so that's about me uh there that this what i do for my day job is of course i'm a software developer and architect and i love riding bicycle and motorcycles and that's where actually this whole thing about podcast comes from i love to listen to podcasts when i'm riding and uh, thought why not i love to read up i love to study and i i love to share what i've learned right so i thought i'll start a podcast i and so we here we are and now as to what we are doing here what i intend to do with this podcast is basically discuss technology but not just the whole technology i can't pick uh, a topic like microservices and finish in one discussion of course right and that's why it's called tech nuggets and uh, of course i have thoughts and opinions <laughs> and i'll be sharing them you you have all the right and yeah the obligatory declare uh, uh, what do we say a declaration uh, any opinion that i express in this podcast are my own and not of any employer i've ever worked with or will work with in future so and you have all the right to disagree with an opinion i uh, i express so and uh, and i would love to hear about it so feel free to reach out to me i would love to have a discussion so also if you have any topic that i you believe we should cover we should discuss do send them out um, we would love to uh, go through them would love to work on them study on them and so i think that's all for today uh see you next time until then Bye bye